how I'm going to choose my husband. Guess what, everybody? It looks like she's going on a first date. Do I look like a gold digger or something? I'm so messed up. Let's fuck over this discomfort. What is there? Who's there? What is that? That was a freaking test. What has changed the world? Well, well, that's too. It's fucking English, podcast on how to get along with those who turn us on. Especially if English is not your first language. I'm Lena. I'm from Russia. You could already tell that by my tough accent. I left my country and since then I have to adapt all the time. Even in my own country, it was difficult to understand people of my own culture. But since I left, it becomes insane. But worth it. I had sex, flirt, relationships in English, and this podcast will have a lot of great stories. Hi, I'm Elena, and I can't really say where I'm from anymore. I've lived in too many countries and kissed too many people from many countries. But now I live in a small coastal town in Portugal with my wife. And since she has already heard all my stories, and since some of them are too wild to be true... I'll be sharing them here in this podcast. English is not our first language, so we need assistance. We invited Mr. Brad. He's an English teacher from Minnesota, and he prepared lessons of sexy English for us. Good morning, everybody. Nomads, travelers, wanderers, Auslander and others. This is Mr. Brett, and it's time for some fucking English. So it's our fifth episode, and what happens now is that Jessica has now enough vocab to swipe left and right in the dating app, which means she might be due for her first date. Who knows? How many dates you had out of dating up? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, lots, lots. Uh, but as I said, dating apps were never my forte. Again, tons of cases when nothing happened. And even though it was promising online, it wasn't promising offline. And that particular case is kind of weird because I had a match uh, with a very nice person. We had exchanged a few jokes and I was like, oh, you know, it's going nicely. And then I go to another town, you know, I'm driving by, I see this person standing on the street and I immediately understand there can be nothing between us. Literally, like it's absolutely not my vibe, not my anything. And yet, I cannot turn the car around and just run away, right? We're arranged. So what happens is, and I'm not proud of that. I have to tell you, I'm not proud of that. So what happened was, because obviously I think I was a kind of at the low point of my life at that stage. We had sex right in the car at the first date. But I knew 100% there, was, there could be nothing long-term about it or nothing... In general, and yet I had sex with that person. I had fun. I didn't regret having sex per se, but what I regret doing, and I'm not proud of that, I ghosted that person because that person got the message that, you know, I mean, obviously if someone sleeps with you right away in the first date without actually going anywhere right in the car, you kind of want to assume there is passion involved. But for me, it was just the opposite. I was like, yeah, just, you know, let's sleep this discomfort you know like let's let's fuck over that and, and, and it's terrible like fuck he, over. yeah like let's fuck over this discomfort and i ghosted that person because i couldn't face myself and I, i couldn't face that person anymore i don't even know how to explain that to myself anymore except that i was at a very low point and i feel like i kind of used another person for 
boosting my ego or something like that. And that, again, like, I'm not proud of that. It's not a good thing to do. I do recognize myself in this story. Not, <laughs> like, literally, exactly, but I have stories after which I decide for myself, like, I will never do that okay. again. Yeah, yeah. I will never do that again. Mm -hmm. and this list grows, but some of the stories are not nice. And let's see how Jessica does it. <laughs> let's see. During our last lesson, Jessica filled out a profile on a dating app. Today, she's looking for her first match. Jessica doesn't have any specific plan, you know, one-night stand, long-term relationship. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. So she just keeps swiping left and swiping right until she finds a guy wearing a dinosaur t-shirt in his profile pic. <laughs> hmm, funny. Maybe he doesn't take himself too seriously. That would be a plus. So Jessica swipes right, and guess what? It's a match. She immediately sends him a smiley. He replies, and after a little bit of small talk, he suggests, how about we Netflix and chill? Netflix and chill. That means come to my house to have sex and we won't actually watch the movie, right? Like, is that a universal thing? Or maybe it doesn't always mean that? It would be nice if there was a cute little dictionary, maybe with an alien on the cover, where all of these different dating phrases were literally translated so that everyone from every country could just understand what they mean. But since that's not the case, it's usually best to clarify your expectations whenever you meet someone new. To make it clear that you're not ready to just jump into bed with someone you hardly know, you can make it a little bit more neutral. You know, you could say, huh, Netflix and chill. That's a great idea. You know, there's this new sci-fi horror apocalypse movie that I've really been dying to watch. But I do need to be back home by 10, you know, to feed my plants. Otherwise, you could just say, you know, this is a little too fast for me. I think it's a better idea if we just go out somewhere for our first date. But if Jessica wants to say that she's feeling a little frisky, she could try something like, hmm, Netflix and chill. So should I bring a condom with me just in case? Or she could say, are we going to be watching Netflix under the same blanket? Or she could simply say, you know, I love how quick and direct you are. I like the idea to show your intentions. And once I downloaded uh, Pure, because as I heard, don't laugh at me, please, no. just control yourself, uh, that you write what exactly you want to do, and people who want to share this interest will like you and offer something. So I wrote uh, that I'm looking for somebody to join me to go dancing. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, no sex. I'm not laughing at you. I'm, I'm like, I think it's absolutely crystal clear. Yeah. And the first response I got, I would dance on you, baby. <laughs> and I felt like I specifically said what I want to do. And I felt so uncomfortable that I deleted this application and oh. never used it again. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I think I would give it more than one chance, but I would definitely feel violated, you know, and I would, I would feel this app delivered a false promise to me. Well, I actually was told that also 
as every conversation lasts only for hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea is to just f- uh, find a quick fuck. No. So people there didn't expect me uh, to be like that. And I thought, well, if it's an orgy and somebody comes in and asks to, I don't know, read Kant together, other people shouldn't touch him or her. <laughs> because, well, it's obviously that he or her here by mistake. Mm-hmm. So did you feel like that person at an orgy? Yeah, I felt, yeah, exactly Aww. what I felt. Like I'm I'm sorry. here with, with my down shoes <laughs> on an orgy. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. So I feel like it's a good chance to tell you what I, what I do as a co-founder and of, of Visible Sports and what our platform actually does, because I believe that you could be, you know, the person who might be able to use it or who might use it. So we at Visible Sports have a platform that connects those who want to do sports with you know, those who offer sports. And that actually means, you know, people to people. So if you want to go dancing, for example, and you're looking for a dance partner, you don't necessarily have to go to to the dating app for that because at, you know, Visible Sports, you can find that person, you know, for whatever active thing you're interested for. And it doesn't have to be a romantic thing, not necessarily, not at first, of course. But the thing is, You can find it all on our platform, very transparent, very visible, as the name suggests. And, you know, just be that person. But, you know, reading can't, (laughs) but not on the orgy, you know, if if I'm making the right parallel. You said not necessarily because (laughs) you saw my sad face, like, no, no romance at all. (laughs) No, no, no. I saw your face. I saw your face. There can be, it's, it's kind of interesting because lots of people hear about what we do and they're like, ah, okay, so you have like sports cinder. And it's interesting, like, lots of people actually see, you know, doing sports together as a possible gateway to romance. For me, it's not like that. But for many people, it is. I found out that I'm kind of confusing sending messages of what do I expect. Mm-hmm. I have a funny story how I send the same message to different guys <laughs> with the opposite meaning. Okay. Once I invited a guy to help me assemble my bed. It was like huge king-size bed, mm-hmm. but how to say cellar bed? Like a Kravachardak. double story kind of bed? Like you have to like climb a ladder to get there? Yeah. yeah, okay. So how it goes? Like a bunk? I mean, like I would call it a bunk bed. Okay. I mean, well, well, it's from Ikea, so, yeah. you know. Where, Probably where it's find... called some, something like Skjovitk. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, actually, I like this kind of activity. Well, once my friends invite me to Germany and we spend a lot of time together, like museums, we celebrate a new year. But my favorite day was when we assembled uh, furniture. Really? Together. When was that? When was that? Ages ago. Oh, because, you know, I would have needed you when I was in Germany and I had to assemble like shitload of furniture. Oh, I love that. It's oh a teamwork. You, oh, you're together. You talk, you. you do something. We should have known each other earlier. I had a shit ton of stuff I need to assemble, like literally shit ton. I shouldn't have invited you. Like next time I'm moving, I know who to call. Okay, (laughs) but I invited this guy because I liked him and I had some quality time together and he was very confused when he realized that I'm trying to kiss him Mm -hmm. because it's not what he got from the message, help me assemble my king-size bed. But a few weeks later, 
I realized that this uh, bed stands on a tall legs and um, it swings when I try to climb it or move there because the legs are thin and mm-hmm. very long. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to attach it to a wall. And I invited another guy to help me do that. And he was very confused when I said, well, I just asked for your help. It's it's not romantical at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So kind of the same message, but both guys were confused. Yeah, because I had a follow-up question, but you answered that. I thought you disassembled the bed <laughs> to no, test no, no, those no, no, two no. guys. You're like, <laughs> the, you assemble it together with one person, then you you know break it apart, and then are like, yeah, can you help me do it all over again? <laughs> but actually, it's exactly where this story rooted, because uh, when I was five, Five. Five. My mom asked me how I'm going to choose my husband. Okay. It's Russian culture, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, at five. Yeah, that's the right age. To to start thinking about that. Of course. And I answered, I will gather all the suitors and will ask them to fix my tap. Oh, okay. Who does it better? Well, actually, uh, it's also like a fairy tales when Mm -hmm. princess gives assignments. So my princess's assignment was to fix my tub. That's good. And maybe like a firebird uh, feather or something else would would follow. Okay. Oh, that's that's a very conscious approach to choosing the right person. I was five. (laughs) Yeah, come on. I mean, what has changed? (laughs) You're still doing that, but just to a lesser degree. (laughs) What has changed? The world. Well, well, that's true. So let's check what are Jessica's expectations. Yeah, let's see that. So it turns out Jessica wasn't really ready for things to move forward quite so quickly. She really does need to be home by 10 o'clock and chatting with the guy in the dinosaur t-shirt kind of ran out of steam, you know, even though he is quite handsome and he also understands that it's not the size of the velociraptor that matters. Sometimes good first impressions just don't lead to good first dates. But it's okay, Jessica still has other matches. So now it's time to meet Chris. As a listener, you're just meeting him now, but in reality, Jessica has actually been chatting with him for about two days. See, in podcast world, time flows a little bit differently. And it seems like they're into each other. But Chris still hasn't called Jessica, so she decides to take the initiative, you know, before this chat fades out like some of the others. Jessica remembers the first episode of Fucking English because she subscribed, commented, and left a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. So Jessica knows how to propose an activity. She says, what do you think of a glass of wine in a nice place this Friday? But see, Chris has also listened to the first episode of Fucking English because he also subscribed, commented, and left a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. So he replies, hmm, wine, that's a great idea. But this Friday, I'd prefer to go to the observatory to look at Jupiter. It's going to be very close to Earth. Would you like to join me? Well, how can Jessica say no to that? Guess what, everybody? It looks like she's going on a first date. The thing is, this is kind of short notice, and I can't personally help Jessica get ready for her first date. And honestly, based on how I usually dress, my fashion advice would be terrible. But I can at least throw in a few phrases that might help them to organize things. 
the conversation between them goes something like this. Where exactly would you like to meet? How will I recognize you? Ooh, I'm almost there. Okay, uh, well, I'm here, but uh, where are you? I'm standing next to the statue of a depressed-looking man. Okay, I see actually a lot of depressed-looking men here, but I don't see you. Uh, does your depressed-looking man maybe have a telescope? No, but he has a nice haircut. Ah, that sounds like Copernicus. Give me a minute, and I'll come find you, Jessica. Once I made a huge mistake picking a place for a date. I met Guy on Tinder and invited him for a walk in, in the park. It was my offer to go to a park because, like, we walk, we don't need to stare at each other like you would do in a cafe. And it was close to my home. My favorite part of a park that you can finish a date every moment and it will be comfortable so you don't need to wait for a check or something. Like, oh, I'm tired. Let's see another time or something. And uh, while we were walking, he was saying something like, what is there? Who is there? What is that? And I thought, is it a joke? What, what is happening? And then we started kind of dating. And he confessed that he grew up in a space with no trees or forests. And he uh, had never been in a forest before. And he was scared. Oh, poor boy. Like, he didn't feel comfortable. He was scared because it's a new environment for him. Oh, okay. No, it's, it's, it's a good story. I had one horrible date when I met up with a person and it was Moscow and it was around 15, minus 15 degrees. Uh, so imagine it's, it's dark and it's cold and we were walking around the park in circles. For me, it was freaking terrible. Like the conversation was really nice, but the date itself was freaking terrible because I was cold all the time. And I was trying to say, hey, maybe we could jump into a bar and, you know, have a drink, you know, because it's really cold. But the person ignored it, like literally like ignored, you know, she was like, no, you know, I, I like walking around. I'm making 10,000 walks for my stupid mental health. And we ended up dating after that. And then she admitted that was a freaking test. I was like, a test of what? You know, are you going to put me in the freezer? Like, what was, what, was, what was this about? And she was like, you know, it was just a test of your stamina and how you are not going to complain, you know, when it's, there's difficulty. And I'm like, what kind of bullshit is that? Like, who well, does but, that? But why, why she's looking for a partner? Exactly. Who, no, no, to no. I mean, your stuff. <laughs> and, and just not say if something is wrong. Exactly. I mean, what kind of relationship mm, that would be? No comment. I mean, and it's, it's like, it was a good metaphor of a relationship. Our relationship was like walking around in circles in a freezing park. You know, like, yeah, that was that. <laughs> so sometimes when you have a first date and you decide to take it further, like remember the first date and all the things that were said on the first date, because probably, probably things that were said on the first date, you know, they're going to impact your relationships coming forward. I should have said, hey, you know what? I'm cold. I think, you know, we should call it a night and see you in a warm place. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't. So I, I stuck in that loop, you know, and I stuck in that circle. So Let's check how Jessica and Chris at the date. Yeah. Jessica and Chris are having an amazing time at the observatory. The sky is clear, 
The rings of Jupiter look quite beautiful, and there's even this great red spot which Chris keeps focusing on. And it's also mildly suggestive for some reason. I can't figure out what exactly that reason is, but I promise I'll do my best to put my finger on it. A few hours later, they're sitting in a cafe on the first floor of the observatory, finishing a cup of coffee and laughing at the bad joke that I just made. But now it's time to grab the check. And this leads to another situation that Jessica didn't really think about in advance. Two cups of coffee doesn't really cost very much, but still, Jessica and Chris have to sort it out. Who pays on the first date? If she thinks that the guy should always pay on the first date, then the vocabulary may not even be needed. She can just wait and see what he does. But she can also ask, Oh, would you like to pay? Or make it sound more like a question, like, is it all right if you pay? But if Jessica wants to split the bill, she can say something like, let's split the bill, which is straightforward. It's to the point. It's perfect if you like to be direct, just saying it. But she could also say something like, ooh, let's go Dutch, which means the same thing as let's split the bill for reasons that I actually don't fully understand. English is a weird language whatever. She could also say, let me pay for my drink. Or she could just look at the waiter and say, hey, we're paying separately. But the thing is, Chris had already paid for the observatory tickets before Jessica even arrived. So if Jessica wants to make things more even on this date, she can say, oh, well, you bought the tickets, so the drinks are on me, okay? Or she could say, don't worry about it. It's my treat. Or if she wants to, she could say, well, you just keep on thinking about that great red spot. I'll deal with the check. If Jessica doesn't really care who pays for what on the first date, then she can simply ask, would you like to pay or should we split the bill or what? But it turns out it's a little too late. Jessica left their table to go use the restroom and Chris has already paid the whole bill. So, Jessica doesn't even have to work out which of the phrases I so thoughtfully prepared for her she wants to use. You know, sometimes, as an English teacher, I wonder why I bother. Anyway, it looks like maybe I should just leave them alone. Things are going well. Chris and Jessica have already left the cafe to go walk through a park. Chris is holding Jessica's hand, and they seem to be having a good time together. So I'll visit them again in two weeks. And we'll see what all of this has led to. So, as always, remember to keep it safe and keep it consensual while you're fucking English. Once I was expected not only to pay half on, on a date, but five years after breakup and two years after the last message, my ex-boyfriend wrote me asking to give him money to rent a flat in the middle of his city. Huh? <laughs> well, he said, uh, I live really far from center. It's very uncomfortable for me. So can you please help me with money? What? <laughs> yeah, I was shocked that my ex-boyfriend can ask me money. I mean, I'm Russian. <laughs> it's not in our culture as well. But then I remembered one story. Uh, this ex-boyfriend was from Nigeria. And one of my friend, he's Belgian, but he moved to Africa. And he told me that at first, 
when they gathered with his friend in a bar or somewhere, he paid for everyone mm-hmm. because he felt like, I have more money, I can afford it, why not? Then he started to feel uncomfortable. What, what the kind of friendship is that if I pay for everybody all the time? But then it came a new wave of understanding Then in African culture, who has money pays. Mm-hmm. So if you have money all the time, you pay. it's not like they're using you or something. It's just like collective culture. In your group, you have money. Mm-hmm. It occurs that they are in your pocket, so you pay. <laughs> Until you become like just like the, the rest of them, you know. So in general, uh, maybe it's it was absolutely okay for African culture because, well, this boyfriend knew that I went to Lisbon, started up a business, so... Like, I am of his circle, so why shouldn't I help him? Because he needs it, I have opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, like, that outrageous for his culture. But for Russian, for example, once I wanted to call my boyfriend, and it was so ancient time, then you had to pay for incoming calls as well. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It was a while ago. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to call him, but he was out of money. So I put like 100 rubles for recent money that would be like one dollar, mm-hmm. one euro. Yeah, something around that. One twenty mm-hmm. uh, to his uh, phone account. And first he did, he called me and said that it's not okay to do that because he's a man and I'm a woman. It's not okay just to give him money like that without asking him and, well, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. So eventually, uh, seems like, um question of money is different in every culture, like what is okay, what is not. And at the same time, it's very sharp all the time because if you don't know, don't, don't do what people expect, they feel uncomfortable. And like I uh, was raged at this guy from Nigeria in Russia. Guy was emotional too about what I did. So it's like always sensitive and always different. <laughs> I would rather ask what it is for you. Like, uh, who, who do you think has to pay on the first date? You know, regardless of, you know, the experience that you had, who do you think should pay on the first date? <laughs> With men, I'm I'm so messed up. I'm really <laughs> messed up because I was raised in a controversial position. So on one hand, I feel worthy when men pay for me. But at the same time, when my men pay for me, I feel in danger. So it's very uncomfortable for me all the time. But the the one point is clear. If I don't like a person, don't trust them, uh, I won't take food from them. Mm, So no matter if man, woman, uh, my sister said it's like in a fairy tale. And actually it's true because when I ran from Russia and I stayed in Azerbaijan for a day, I didn't eat there. Well, I had a sandwich with me, but I stand there 24 hours and I didn't take food there because it was very relevant for me that my journey isn't over. I'm not staying here. In a fairy tale, when you go to land of dead or elf land or whatever, you need not to eat, not to drink, not to sleep. Otherwise, you will stay there. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's the same for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to stay in Azerbaijan, so I didn't eat there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's good that you eat at our house, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's now I understand how big of a commitment that is that you eat at our house. <laughs> well, 
I like you. Yeah, it's good. I, I like I was, to spend time I with you. I was fishing for that. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's yeah, it's kind of commitment and mm-hmm. like it's a trust thing. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So considering how I messed up on the topic, I know, I know, I know I'm complicated and I feel uncomfortable at restaurants when this moment comes because there is no comfortable way out of this for me. I mean, I will feel uncomfortable all the way. But once on a first date, guide made it comfortable for me. He came to date already with two cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a question if we buy it, who pays, all of that, like, just take it. Mm. It was uh, casually and with no this. But did he ask if you like coffee or not? Well, he didn't. Mm, well, mm. Uh, he said, well, I assumed you would like that. Mm-hmm. So if not, okay, you just can take mm. it or not to take it. Mm. Okay, that so makes it sense. So it was okay. Yeah, because I'm not a coffee person at all. Like for me, that would be a waste of coffee. <laughs> Neither am I, but we was going to walk in a park. Yeah, I have the story about money. Money is a sensitive issue, okay? So money, I agree with you that money is always a sensitive issue and who pays, how pays, what's expected is, it's a troubled thing, right? So I was I was dating this person and I, it's actually the same person who took me around the park for a long walk. And part of the reason was that this person was afraid to show her wealth She told me, oh, you know, I didn't want to show you how much money I earned because I wanted to make sure you are not with me for money. And I was like, huh? <laughs> you know, do I look like a gold digger or something? <laughs> I worked at the World Bank at that point. So it's a very prestigious organization. It's just that the pay was not that great. But the thing is, we were planning a trip to to Bali together. It was a long New Year's Eve trip. And... The problem was that we didn't agree who pays for what. You know, we're, we just agreed, like, we're going there. So I bought the tickets. I booked part of the hotels. Uh, you know, I did all of that on my kind of salary. Her salary is really much, much, was really much, much better than mine. Like, literally, I think, like, 1 to 16 ratio kind of thing. I didn't raise the issue because I thought, okay, you know my situation. You know, for instance, that I earn much less than you do. And you also know that my mom is sick. So we kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been together for a while. And then, you know, we go to Bali and I start spending money on top of that, like paying for restaurants and stuff like that. And at some points, I, I stop and say, hey, I don't have money m- anymore. I'm at the end. And we're like in week one of our trip. And then she looks at me and says, hey, I thought you were paying for everything. And I was like, you? I was like, what? I said, I could never pay for everything. And you know this. Even physically, I couldn't, I couldn't pay for that. And she was like, You know, like, I didn't expect that, but yeah, well, maybe if you're so poor, you know, like, (laughs) if you're so poor, like, I'll throw in some money, you know. And then, like, she started counting every penny. So, like, when I was paying for stuff, like, we went to wherever we wanted to when she was paying for stuff. We went to the places that she thought were in a good range. And in a good range, were like kind of a class lower. So we chose not the best places, but the cheapest places from then on. But and it's, Didn't she lie to you about her salary? I don't know. No, 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 no. I, I know she worked at a, at, a, at a big company and they do have big salaries there. And But, but for me, it doesn't matter. I mean... I made a mistake too because I didn't clear out the expectations. That was my fault as well. But I was so like taken aback by this approach. I was like, 
how could you also assume that I'm going to pay for the whole, you know, New Year's trip? How, how could you assume that? Because it's kind of a, what? Did you have a conversation about that? Did you discuss? We did. We did, but it didn't lead to anywhere. She said, like, I, I thought you saved up for to make this trip. I was like, yeah, and you did what? I think... As in any relationship, the problem is also the lack of conversation and, and the lack of personal boundaries. So my boundaries were very soft at that point, you know, mm -hmm. and I should have said, hey, let's make a split wise. I'm paying for this. You're paying for that. You know, let's make a round down uh, and let's agree whether we pay for that 50-50 and who pays for what and how. I think it's very important. I think it's like absolutely important. You know, when you take things for granted, this is where it goes. On all respects. And I took, like, she took me for granted. I took her for granted. And it's, um, you know, it didn't end well. It was Fucking English, made by Hatchup Podcasts. In the next episode, we will learn how to talk before, during, and after sex. And Mr. Brett will help us choose the best words. This is one of the five pilot episodes. If you like them, then Lena and I will continue making the new ones. To help us do that, please leave your comment in the app where you listen to podcasts so we will know what you think about our project. We are really curious. Put five stars or a heart and tell all your friends. Especially those who travel, work abroad and struggle with relationships and sex in English. And if you like this podcast very much, then go to our Patreon fucking English and donate to us. Our goal is to raise 2500 to continue creating this podcast for you. Love each other and talk to each other. And do your homework. See you in two weeks. Bye.